1: This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlata.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So, I recently had an amazing opportunity to talk about this topic on Live TV and I think that it's just, it's a timely thing to start my podcast with. And it's basically reset and de-stress. So, you know, stress is still a huge factor in today's world. And it is such a major problem that is affecting people both mentally and physically. According to the American Psychological Association, stress affects all systems of the body. That's right. Every major system of our body, it can be affected by stress. Now, WebMD reported that 43% of all adults suffer adverse health effects from stress, like high blood pressure, skin conditions, depression, and anxiety. And 75 to 90% of all doctor's office visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. That number is staggering. So I always like to say at any time during the day, you can press the reset button right? And reset your day, just like you reboot your computer when it's not functioning properly. So here are my five tips to reset your day and help you reduce stress. Step one is exercise, right? Exercise is going to raise your endorphins, it's going to get your heart rate up, and that is going to help you reduce your stress. So take a walk in nature, dance to your favorite music, ride a bike, anything that you enjoy doing is going to help reduce your stress. Step two, gratitude. Every day when you wake up, make a list of everything you have to be grateful for. And at any time during the day when you need to reset your day, focus on your blessings and feel its loving embrace. You will be amazed at how quickly you will feel better. Tip three, deep breathing. All you need to do is take 10 slow, deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Okay? This is also an amazing way to reduce your anxiety. Tip number four, grounding or earthing. So this just simply means taking off your shoes outside and feeling the grass or the earth beneath your feet, right? This is energizing and balancing for your emotions. So imagine yourself walking on the beach, if you've ever experienced that, right? The sun's shining, you've got a breeze blowing, you hear the sound of the ocean, but what's really happening is that your, your feet are touching the earth. That's why it feels so great. So just take off your shoes and walk on the grass. You don't have to go to the beach. And the last step, number five, is trust. Learn to trust that everything is gonna work out exactly as it's supposed to, right? It always does. And I always like to add to that if you can control a situation, then there's nothing to worry about because you have control over it. If you can't control a situation, then there's no need to worry about it because it's something that is completely out of your control. So I hope you enjoyed these tips and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to Happiness Solved and happy Friday. We made it through another week. Woohoo! So today I am speaking with Forrest Rivers. He is a writer, teacher, and speaker who splits his time between the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina and the Colorado Rockies. Wow. His personal journey of awakening began at the age of 30 on an awe-inspiring trip to Maui, Hawaii. It was there on that enchanted island where the profound healing power of the earth spoke through to his heart and helped him overcome a difficult period of alcohol abuse. That's amazing. So we are going to be talking about his two books, COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening and the Hippie Revival. Hope you enjoy this interview. Hi Forrest, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Sandy. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited and and it was really interesting the way you and I met. So you're, you're doing some, some writing. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So um,
1: I just wrote a book recently called COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening. And I've been on a little uh, podcast and radio tour just talking about the ideas of the book and trying to sort of inspire some hope and positivity during a time that, you know, maybe was lacking... <laughs> Lacking that for some people, for a lot of people. And uh, I found out about your podcast through my editor over at The Mindful Word, Erica Roberts. And she recommended I talk to you and said that we'd probably vibe really well. So awesome. Yeah. So talk about The Mindful Word real quick. Oh, absolutely. The Mindful Word is, 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 is one of the most interesting and inspiring publications I've written for. They, they're, uh, they're based out of Canada. And it's like a writer's collective. and they have uh, everything is about uh, positive uplift and spiritual awakening and mindfulness in how to live your life. And it's very positive, very uplifting. And I found them about, I want to say like, gosh, four years ago, three years ago, I started writing for them. Uh, I contributed, began contributing few feature articles, and then started doing uh, some short stories. And that's how I crossed paths with with Erica. Uh, she does a lot of the... They have a section for the Mindful Word called Conscious Creativity. Really, really cool. And uh, it's like short stories and poetry, and that, that just really caught my eye, and I really enjoyed working with those folks. And they're a unique bunch, Sandy. They're really cool, and they're unlike... How do I say this? They're unlike a lot of self-help or the new, more new age type journals. They're, they're more original and they have a very unique perspective and their writers are absolutely terrific. I just really can't say enough good things about those folks.
0: Now, where can you find these short stories and, and whatnot? Is there a website Yeah. So their website actually is the mindful org,
1: the mindful org, And if you go on there, you know, you can just type in, you know, forest rivers by name, and you'll find, or you can even go into your Google search engine, just type in forest rivers, the mindful word, and
0: there'll be like an author page that pops up. Right. And they'll probably have all sorts of different links to different things that you've contributed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's another
1: really terrific writer out there i got to give a shout out to if we're talking about the mindful word. His name is Max reef I think it's r e i f and he's absolutely fantastic he's a a former i, I, I want to say he's gosh so wise he's like in his i think he's in his like seventies now maybe and 60, 70s. and he's he's the real deal he's met all of the spiritual teachers that i've like Read now, but he's met them like face to face back in the sixties and seventies, so you know some really cool stuff, and I think you'll probably connect with him when
0: yes he's I'm interviewing him i think in two weeks I don't have my in two my, weeks yeah he yeah I don't have my schedule in front oh, of oh you're bag. in
1: store he you're in store he is a he is a a very interesting and awesome, great, just absolutely awesome human being
0: fantastic. Yeah, because Erica referred both of you to to me to have on as guests. <laughs> so that's great. So tell me about, okay, so you wrote the book, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But what led you to be at a point where you felt like, I have to write this book. I have to get this information out there.
1: Oh, man, that's such a great question. So I, like for me, it was so, like everybody else, like so many people, when the second week of March hit, during my day job I, I i teach at a community college so i we, you know, we all got sent home and i didn't know that i'd still be <laughs> i'd still be home a year or a year later but it's been a trip you know and we all got sent home and and what i heard like in the media was just fear you know the feelings of fear and negativity and anxiety and in short a very sort of like unhopeful sort of more not nihilistic view of what's happening, you
0: know? Well, yeah, I mean, we didn't know what, I mean, I, I was afraid to leave my house. I was Because you just didn't know, right? You didn't know? It, and, was, and it was crazy. It was crazy. And,
1: and, I, and I don't want to, I absolutely don't want to minimize the suffering people went to, people losing their- Absolutely. You know, people dying from COVID and knowing people who have died from COVID and the mental health issues that escalated because of the isolation, so this was like a really, really difficult period, particularly if you had pre-existing conditions, if you were uh, elderly, if you were a, uh, actually, heck, if you're a single mom or dad having to deal now, having to, having to figure out on your feet, what are we going to do with our kids that are no longer in school? If you're- if I
0: just kept thanking God that my son- It was in college. (laughs) It was in college. Yes, yes. I'm like, I don't (laughs) have to deal with this. Thank you. You got lucky there.
1: (laughs) I All all of that. So I saw, I heard all this suffering and and I thought to myself, well, it's these kinds of big events that have great potential to awaken. Right? It's these great, sometimes it takes really profound suffering to be able to get us out on the other side where we start finding meaning. And it knocks us out of our complacency and we begin to wake up or awake in. And so I wanted to really write a book that would counter the dominant narrative of just like, this is all doom and gloom. And I wanted to say, yes, there is without a doubt all of this suffering happening, but it's how we respond to the suffering that matters, right? And so what are, we, what are our lessons that we're gonna learn from this that can lead us into a more positive direction? And so the book really came out of... uh, By the way, I wrote the book. I started writing it right when we went into lockdown. So I wrote the book from March until November. So I was literally writing this as all of this, you know, the craziness, to put it mildly, that was 2020, was unfolding. And I was sort of like writing it in a way to sort of say, hey, look, look, there's some positives that are going to come out of this too. There were some things that could really contribute... To our own spiritual awakening. So I wanted to give a really like positive and inspired message during a time where people were feeling nothing but sort of negativity, understandably, and suffering in, in the whole nine yards. And so I so I wrote this book. So it was partly to inspire people. And then partly I wrote it to help me like make like make sense of what was happening. You know, I was had all of, you know all of these thoughts and all of these reflections. And and I was like, I got to get this out. So it started actually as a series of essays and many of the essays were written actually for the mindful word. And then over time, the essays turned into a book and, and and here we are. So this is really unique because the, the, the actually the inspiration to turn it from like thought to paper to a readership actually, came through The Mindful Word. And so I have, I have um, uh, Jane, which is one of the editors over there, and I also have uh, Erica to, to thank, partly for giving me like a, an audience. I had a lot of people writing, while, while I was releasing pieces of the book, people were writing me a lot of emails, like, oh, this is really inspiring, like we need this perspective, this is good. And then I started thinking, well, what if I put all these essays together? And they're kind, they were kind of unfolding as a book anyways. And so I kind of halfway through the project, I sort of, you know, had the idea this is going to become a book and hopefully this will uplift some people during a, maybe a dark
0: time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So what are some of the topics that you talk about?
1: Oh, gosh. So a lot. So in the book, I talk about just all the different ways in which this period helped us spiritually awaken. And, and what I mean by just awakening is just coming to, a, coming to like an understanding that we're a part of something that is infinitely bigger than just ourselves. Call it the universe, call it God, call it spirit. And that everything in this universe is like mystically and mysteriously tied together as one. And once you kind of come to that conclusion that there is this underlying reality that, that's always there, that we can always tune into, what do you do with that then? You know, how do you live your life? And so the book kind of talks about how it assumes that there's this underlying reality and then underneath it. And I draw from Eastern religion heavily throughout this book, Taoism and Buddhism and Hinduism. I draw from a lot of the mystics throughout the book and even native American wisdom. And I sprinkle it in with personal stories of people I've encountered. And what I came up with was just, you know, kind of, explaining the ways in which this event has helped us awaken. And some of the themes I talk about is how COVID has led many people to reassess their life's meaning. You know, uh, we had so much time to reflect that suddenly people were having to consider, am I doing what I want to do with my life? Am I really, really living a life with purpose and meaning? You know, and and those existential questions started being raised over the last year. I talked to numerous people who were like, you know, I don't know if I want to do my office job anymore. You know, I'm not really sure I want to go, you know, having to go do this, do this thing anymore. I want to maybe experiment. Maybe I want to go live off the grid for a little bit. Maybe I want to, maybe I want to do something. I I have a friend, I, I tell a story in the book. And uh, he decided that he wanted to start kind of an inspirational YouTube channel. And so he's doing that. I have another buddy who's like, I'm not sure I want to do office work. I'm going to go become a, a woodworker. You know, people were re-questioning their, their meaning during this. I talk about that. Another key theme is how COVID brought to light our fear of death. Oh, and, right. you know, because death. I mean, death was all around us during this whole event and and how we need to, how this has been a an important opportunity to come to terms with death, come to terms with our fear of it, so we can live life more fully. Another theme I talk about in the book was how this is a wonderful opportunity to reconnect with nature. All the time we had where we saw kind of society come to a standstill, <laughs> you know, and, you know, many people were saying, well, wait a minute. We don't have all that stuff out there that entertain us anymore. maybe we have to reconnect with the natural world and we all saw the positive impacts it had on the earth with all the you know less pollution, less smog yeah, all of the for things. sure you know so that's a big theme throughout the book and then I talked about how part of being spiritual right is not is first of all doing the inner work on yourself so how this could be a period for personal empowerment. This could be a real important time to use this period for, you know, since we have more time for reflection and contemplation than ever before, this was a wonderful time to start sort of taking an inventory of our own what we can do to improve ourselves and evolve. So I I talk a lot about in in the book about uh, the importance this presented to start up a daily meditation practice, which I, I am absolutely a huge proponent of and would yes. recommend that to everybody, right? Exactly. A daily meditation practice. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, science. scientific studies have shown that all it takes is five minutes to ten minutes a day to radically alter your, your awareness and your, and your presence. You know, it doesn't have to be Two hours a day meditating in a cave. You can wake up in the morning and, you know, find a comfortable space and, and and let it go for ten minutes, five ten minutes. So I talked about how this period has been wonderful for bringing that to the surface. The need to establish healthy, spirited practices like meditation and prayer. And that's another big theme I talk about. Another theme was the awareness this this event brought of how. We have to translate our own individual spiritual awakenings to addressing some of our bigger collective problems, like our, you know, embarrassing levels of poverty or the homelessness problem or the lack of respect shown to Native American cultures who, you know, so I talk a lot about that throughout the book. I have chapters devoted to that. Another theme I talk about is the when we look back at COVID, it may wind up being. This, the start or inception point of a major renaissance in art and creativity, hmm. and how out of great days of suffering and turmoil, great art and music and creation comes out of this. So, really, the book looks at how it looks at the theme of spiritual awakening from a whole bunch of different angles, all having to do with COVID 19.
0: Wow. So, when you were talking about that. It is a lot. It is a lot. And when you were talking about meditation, so I used to meditate all the time. And then, you know, life got busy, and I stopped it. Sure. The one thing that COVID did for me was because I was working from home, and I'd already finished my book. Um, I sent it to the printer last April, April of 2020. But I finished it in January before the pandemic hit. And the weird thing about that was that I talk in there about how we're at a crossroads in humanity. And that wow. we have to change, we have to shift. And I wrote that in August of 2019. And so I couldn't wait to get my book out there. Cause I'm like, people need this, right? And it was released February 1st of, of this year. But so with meditation, what I started doing is because I'm like, I'm like a, one of my best friends calls me a thoroughbred. And I've always been this way. Like I am so type A. And when I work, I I just go all at it. And so because, you know, I have I still have a full-time job is like you do. And, you know, I started working on the podcast and all of these other things that I'm working on, that I would reach a point in the day where I was just mentally exhausted. So I'd go upstairs, crawl in bed, start meditating, and which usually would end up I'd fall asleep for maybe 20 minutes and then get up. And it's like this major like reboot, recharge, right, of my day. Well, the interesting thing for me as a writer, I'm an inspired writer, right? I only write when I'm inspired to write. So today I've been struggling with, with something. And as soon as I came down, back down to, into my office and I turned on my computer, all of a sudden it was like, poof. and so I sat there and I just started writing out something that I'm working on. And it was just amazing just being able to take a little bit of time just to reset, recharge, reboot, whatever you want to say, that I was like, all of a sudden, that, that creativity just came right back. And um, to the point where I was almost late, I was almost late coming to you, to, to this interview because I was so en- <laughs> engrossed. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to go. And so, and I, this is my little, this is my little studio in, in our basement that I record my podcast in. And so I had to get everything, you know, bring it downstairs and get set up. And, <laughs> but yeah, that meditation is huge, huge.
1: Oh, and it unleashes, it not only unleashes creativity, it unleashes, unleashes presence and, and just slows your whole day down. The, the whole thing becomes more, you're more present to everything that's happening. Exactly. And One more so cool, thing, and, that, go ahead. Oh, and, and I want to say too, I think that's a really profound and cool that you started, you were talking about how humanity's at a crossroads. And uh, you had written that in your book prior to COVID. I think that's like very fascinating. That, And, and, and I, I think we, we've been at a crossroads for a while and COVID really, if everything in our society wasn't already exposed, already in the process of being exposed, this shot it out of the cannon. You know, every everything, uh, whether we're talking about, whatever we're talking about, our, whether we're talking about how fast paced our society is or the environmental damage we're causing or our lack of democracy or our lack of awareness in our day-to-day lives, it brought everything to the forefront. So I think that's really fascinating that you, that you up on that early.
0: Yeah. And well, the thing is, is that I just been noticing it for years because I started writing my book in 2014 and then, you know, just life got the best of me. But what I noticed throughout COVID is that it, it brought out the best in some people and the worst in some people. And that was what was so, and then you add into a presidential election and you oh, know, man. just it, it, it was just it was like a perfect storm. Twenty twenty, it was,
1: it was, and it and it, go, it was the perfect storm, and it definitely showed the power of intention. Whatever your
0: intentions are, so will become. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, what is the name of your book again? So it's a uh, COVID nineteen and humanity's spiritual awakening. COVID-19 and Humanity's Spiritual Awakening. And then where can you find the book? Uh, You can find the book on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble
1: online, and then also through my publisher, uh, Conscious Living Media. Conscious Living Media. And I have a little special promotion for the book that if you get it off of Amazon and you leave a review and then you write me an email, I'll send you a copy of my first book the hippie revival. So that, that that's what I've been doing with people right now. It's fun. So.
0: That's awesome. So tell me about the hippie revival. That that just the title well, is like, ooh, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. So it was, <laughs> it's funny. Just like you, very similar.
1: I I wrote the hippie revival out of like a. I wrote the book back in 2016. I wrote it throughout most of 2014 and 2015 and published it in 2016, and. That too was about kind of how we, we need to shift, we need to change gears, that our society is being ruled by, e- by, by ego. Oh. And, yeah. and you know, so, so the whole book was really talking about how we see this reawakening of the hippie spirit in the 1960s and 70s. And the whole book is basically a series of essays that all arrive at different facets of the reemergence of the hippie culture. So I have one about like, I don't know, like mystical experiences. It's kind of far out. It's fun, fun little chapter. And I have a book about the reemergence of psychedelics, or I guess they're now referred to as entheogenic plants and fungi now, and the role that, that that's played in, in Awakening. Uh, I have a chapter in there about just a self-titled chapter called The Hippie Revival, where we see the reemergence of hippie ideals. So yeah, it's kind of like... <laughs> There's, there's actually an essay in that book called the uh, spiritual revolution will not be televised so there's some pretty interesting you know it was a little <laughs> it actually in some ways it's kind of funny the the themes of this my second book and that they weave I never really thought about this no one's really asked me I've done like 20 podcasts so far no one's ever asked me anything about the first book so thank you <laughs> I, I <wasn't> think <laughs> so but I'm like I, they're they as I'm thinking about it, they're the themes are basically the same. I mean, right. my theme And you of just of
0: the same. yeah. Well, I mean, a yeah. lot of authors, you know, Wayne Dyer, <laughs> Neil Donald Wash, you know, a lot of the Greg Braden, their books are yeah. very similar, you know, and they just keep putting out new they ones are. and it's They're. kind of drawn out from the one before. But back to your book. So first thing that thought I thought of, do you think that's happening just because marijuana is being legalized in so many states? <laughs> is there a correlation? Well, <laughs> Yeah. So
1: I, you know, that's an awesome question. And I've thought about that. Yes, partly for sure. I think the culture that tends to surround marijuana tends to be more open-minded and it tends to be a more free thinking culture that flows around that. So I think definitely, I think the legalization of marijuana does and marijuana, if not, you know, if not used, if not used, again, it's with intention if marijuana is used with intention, not smoking 24 seven and glued to your couch, I mean like used with intention, you know, it has amazing qualities for not only physical health, but which we know a lot about physical ailments, helping with glaucoma and stress and all that, but it, but it does induce contemplation and reflection. And I, so I think partly the answer to that is yes, it's, it's partly marijuana, but I would call actually marijuana legalization more of like a symptom of the revival of the hippie culture. And okay. I, think, I think it's being driven by a like a sense of wanting to connect to something deeper. Now, of course, there's the commodification of hippies, too, and the commodification of the entire culture. I actually have a whole chapter about that, too, in there, but it for the most part... You know, I mean, the most sincere hippies or those who are drawn to the culture are searching for something deeper, more connection with the earth, more connection with their spirit as opposed to ego and a more, you know, not as much connection to material things, but more to what really matters in life, our, our connections to each other and the planet. And I think that's definitely being driven by the times that we're in. People are being drawn to those ideas again like they were in the 60s and 70s because of the turmoil. right? And you could actually draw a perfect parallel between 2020 and some of the events that were happening in the 60s and 70s, you know, like yeah. on the
0: outside. That's true. My other thought was you don't look old enough to have lived through the 70s or the 60s. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, not, not at, but because not you're, at all. you're a professor, teacher, you know, you probably have just done a lot of studies research. Yeah, I mean I, I
1: I have and I've also like I guess you could say I've engaged with what you might call the hippie culture a lot, you know, and I've you know seen, you know, met some very interesting folks from that era and talked to them directly and and you know I, I, I just the book is just kind of saying, hey, there there's some parallels here. And it's kind of interesting. And those ideas didn't die. They're still they're still with us. They'd actually be gaining a little bit more steam right now.
0: Wow. Now can you find that on Amazon as well?
1: Yes, that's on Amazon too. Yep. And I, I guess I guess I should I guess I should add, if you want to buy a copy of the hippie revival, I'll turn around and send you a free copy of the COVID 19. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: There you You go. I love it. I'm like, wow, I I need to get a second book out and and use that idea.
1: (laughs) What was your your book
0: called, Sandy? So it's called Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, which is the same title as this podcast. Oh, that's so inspiring. Awesome stuff. So it's a self-improvement book, but it's also a mini memoir. So I have four chapters, just very short and sweet, you know, kind of like Because I say in the beginning, I don't feel like I don't feel like I have my stories bad enough to be justified writing this book because so many people have experienced so much worse than what I have gone through in my life. However, what it does demonstrate is that no matter what you've gone through, you can still get back to a place of peace and happiness, you know, no matter what your daily struggles are. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, and actually, I want to say that when I when I wrote COVID, I, I, I struggle with the, the the this book, I struggle with it too. I, yeah, we all have our own suffering, but I certainly haven't suffered like many people have suffered when I wrote that book, and I recognized that as I was writing, it. I'm like, ah, uh, you know, you know, I didn't have anyone that directly in my circle that died. I didn't. I, I wasn't out of a job. You know, I was very fortunate. So, I, I think that's a really interesting point you brought up too, but. Hey our yeah. stories still match stories still matter
0: though and I think stories still matter and it can stories matter absolutely and and you know people can draw from everything that you wrote about and apply it to their own life and their own circumstances and what they went through for sure
1: absolutely absolutely
0: fantastic. So is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners today?
1: yeah i I just wanted to say this i I think that my main reason for writing the book was just to say stay inspired stay empowered and even in you know seemingly dark periods you can still find your happiness you can still find a sense of fulfillment and you know sometimes that positive light has to come through darkness and i and i just wanted to
0: kind of say that and i think that ties into the for sure for sure i'm actually taking notes i love that positive light through darkness Positive awesome. light and darkness. Yeah, love it. Love it, love and, and, it, love it. And, and maybe
1: you appreciate that. Maybe w- my hope for humanity is that we'll all appreciate each other more. We'll all appreciate the planet more and maybe have a little bit more gratitude. And again, this may not be everybody, but I, I'm hoping that a growing population, percentage of the population will have more gratitude and more appreciation for
0: everything in their life coming out of this. I hope if that's so too. Take from it, that'd be amazing. I couldn't agree with you more. Gratitude is huge. It is huge. huge. Well, Forrest, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, go out there and get his books. They sound amazing.
1: Well, thank you so much. And, and uh, go get Sandy's book too. That
0: sounds awkward. <laughs> All right, Forrest. Thank you so much. Take care. Yeah, take care, Sandy. I just loved that interview with Forrest Rivers. He's such a great guy, and he's somebody who definitely speaks my language. Love it. So you can find out more information about Forrest and his books at ForrestRivers.com. Both of his books are available on Amazon. And thank you so much for joining me today. As always, you can learn more about me at SandyScarlotta.com. Please follow me on Facebook, and Instagram at Coach Sandy CoachSandyScarlotta. And my book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and through my publisher, ArchwayPublishing.com. As always, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your life is filled with peace, joy, love, happiness, and of course, gratitude. Take care, everyone.